this is the part of our service where we turn to our neighbor on either side and we say good morning this morning. Six days in, you're going to have to do better than that. Good morning this morning. Good morning this morning. Sit up and smile and remember who you are. about Martha Creek. Martha, Martha, Martha. <laughs> I was like, whatever. <laughs> then I met her for myself. And I was like, Martha, Martha, Martha. Because <laughs> Martha Creek is the bomb diggity. Yeah. That's what I'm going to tell you. But what I want to tell you first is a little bit about her professionally. Reverend Dr. Martha Creek, widely known in New Thought, Martha's training approached deep inner work as an adventure with a sense of curiosity and wonder. Ordained in religious science and divine science, Martha has served as Great Lakes Unity Consultant, a member of Unity Institute faculty, and is on the board for the affiliated New Thought Network. She has attended Emerson Theological Seminary. She has a master's and a doctorate. The Byron Katie School of the Work and the Hoffman Institute. She is a healthy congregations facilitator and trainer. And what I want to say about her personally in the last few days, spending time with her, she is real. She is authentic. You can relax in her presence. Some of us have said we just want to crawl up in her lap and sit there. <laughs> because she is so loving and nurturing. But the most amazing thing about this dynamic spiritual being is she tells the truth and she tells it quickly. We are so honored to have her here today in this service and then today after the luncheon downstairs that our YOU is putting on, she will be presenting a workshop, which we had a workshop the other evening for leadership here in the church and we were blown away with the information we received. So if you've made other plans today, you might want to consider by the end of this service in changing your plans and stay to be a part of something absolutely amazing. So at this time, please help me welcome Reverend Dr. Martha Creek. <laughs> Hold on, I got a little minute. I gotta turn it on. Right. Let the record show I was turned on. <laughs> in church on the first Sunday of the year in 2019. And I was turned in, turned on long before this moment. Like you, to fulfill a calling. And like the leader that stands before you, I want you to just pause for a minute and to, to um, do what we've been singing about and praying about and intending today to take a bow to this leader, 15 years in ministry, fulfilling a calling when most ministers in all denominations can't make it in field ministry, pulpit ministry, serving thriving ministry for even five years. So it's no little thing what you have here in this leader, in this called one, and it's no little thing how you're serving 
in the body of this ministry as a thriving ministry to make it so that you too then are fulfilling your own calling. And I am here in service to you because my calling is to serve those who serve. So I am here in great joy and privilege to serve you, Jamie, to serve with you, and to thank you for your wise leadership and the stamina, the resilience. <laughs> But what if it's me 
I'm the one. So if you haven't already, you might pull out your little white piece of paper and write blaming down on it. <coughs> but it's one thing that's starting today that I'm going to break out of. I'm going to do less of that. Now this will still come in with it. If you hadn't done that, if you hadn't said that, if you had invited me, if you hadn't included me, then can you, can you get a sense of what happened to your spirit just hearing that? And then what happened in the room? Versus we're going to form, form a long line. So one line is complainers and blamers. And one line is, one formation of the line is what can I do? What is mine to do? What am I grateful for? Now get a sense of if you lived that out. That what I speak is going to be spoken in gratitude. It's going to be spoken in what I have, not what I don't. It's going to be spoken in what I can do, not what I didn't do, not what they didn't do, not what they should have done. So this is a little preview of the work this afternoon. And I really invite you to stay only if you've suffered enough. Ooh. Only if you're ready to enter a portal <clears throat> of a peace that passes understanding. Amen. And we can talk this morning about what to do. And then this afternoon is about how to. How to do that. How to break out of some of this 2,000 year old formations of patterns of belief systems, BS. Patterns of BS are belief systems that still have us bound in ways we're aware of and not even aware of. So I'll read a few things that we may want to put in the bowl today. I do. See if you can relate. Being quickly offended. Anybody? Everybody honest, throw up your hand. Yeah. <laughs> now, I don't like that. I don't like that I'm quickly offended. But if you've got a pulse, check to see. Oh, look, oh, got a pulse. Then there's times I'm quickly offended. I don't like that, but I am a human. That's a part of our humanness. It's a part of being a human being. So then for me to transcend that will require me practicing Whatever's going to happen is going to happen, and how to be less offended by whatever happens. So they're still going to be what they're going to be. They're still going to do whatever they do. And I hold the power, the privilege, and the responsibility as a leader creating a world that works for all, creating a world that I want to see. I hold the privilege and honor and responsibility to be different than that, and to be different than the way I've been, and to relate to things different. So I don't have the power yet to change what appears. Well, don't you wish you had that power? That you got to pick what's going to happen? 
We hold all the power in the universe, however, on how I'm going to relate to it. How I'm going to relate to what happens, not what happens. Sensitive. Sensitive. Slow to recover. Hold grudges. Keep score. Some of you are really honest. This is wonderful. It's a sign of spiritual maturity. And we cannot have spiritual maturity without emotional maturity. This is, I see this about myself. I'm not blind to this. And that we can look at self in this deep and profound ways minus shame about it. Have you had enough shame to last you the rest of your life? It's not a rhetorical question. <laughs> Have you had enough shame to last you the rest of your life? Yes. yes. Have you had enough guilt yes. to last you the rest of your life? So it's a way then to look into our humanness, to look into my humanness, my humanness. So whose job is it to look at mine? Whose job is it to look at yours? But oh, the allure to look at theirs and to give them their list of what they could improve. Have you noticed there's no listeners? You're welcome. <laughs> you take nothing away from today but that. There's one that can listen sometimes. Guess who? All the power resides there. Underhanded. Now let me tell you, but don't you tell them I told you. You won't tell them, will you? Get a sense of just dropping that one thing. That I will not speak about another person that's not in my presence. Hey, did you hear what Reverend Jamie did? It's like, is it anything to do with me? No? It's like, then I can't listen to it. Because that belongs to him. Oh, but it's juicy. <laughs> That's another reason for me not to listen. <laughs> That's two. And another reason is it dampens my spirit. It blinds me to the truth of who I am. It blinds me to what I'm here for. It distracts me and distracts me from fulfilling a calling that I have to live the unity principles, to speak in a certain way, to live in a certain way, and to embody that and be a teacher and a model for that in the world. So I cannot do that and fulfill the calling that I have. And then when we stop some of this, if we've taught people that I'll be a dumping ground for stuff like this, have you noticed there's a long line? Oh, they know to call me. It's like, well, I taught them that. So the day I say, hey, it's a new year. We had this crazy creek woman blow through. It kind of made sense to me what she said. We had a burning bowl. I put a lot in the bowl. And now I don't gossip. So I don't speak about people that are not in my presence, for I don't want that. 
It's not a good feeling in my heart when I hear that people have done that with me. So if I want it to be different in the world, I've got to clear the screen here. If you understand the principles, the mind that says everything there is a projection. So if I want the projection to be different, where am I going to work? At the projector. <coughs> Possible, impossible to try to get them to change. Have you noticed? Anybody still trying to get anybody to change? Yeah. Well, lay your hand right on your head and say, heal. Heal. Now, lay it on somebody you can reach and tell them, heal. Heal. See, you can snap us out of the rest, snap the rest of us out of it, too. Big, deep breath. So get a sense as I read these that you're offloading them. That you're setting them aside. And that we're prayerful in this, and I'm going to set this aside. Today's the day. That this morning, this morning, is the day I've waited my whole life for to unburden myself from some of this. To lay this aside, to lighten this up, and to enlighten myself to a new possibility for me. Demanding. Demanding. Willful. Stubborn. If you notice the person that came with you is not raising their hand. There's no issue. You're probably elbowing them. Now remember, whose business is their stubbornness? Whose business is mine? All the power's here. Criticizing. Critical. There's such an allure. So lead us not into the temptation that criticizing anything and anybody is going to create anything. It's destructive, hurtful. So I cannot keep criticizing and create. So what's the, what's the opposite of criticizing? Praising. Praising, affirming, gratitude, lifting up, inspiring. Now, which sounds more appealing? There's a reason. Fault finding, nitpicking. And it gets juicy like this because 90% of things can go on well. We can apply this to the body, for example. Like 90% of the body is cooking along doing fine. 1%, 10% of it's not maybe not doing as well. Maybe some attention, a new part, or some binding up, some propping up. But what do we talk about? The knee that hurts. The shoulder pain. <clears throat> then we're blind to, hey, 99% of this is clicking along with not much support, frankly. With all, all that I've done to the body. <laughs> Think about this. That we'd be bowing to the body. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. High five. Good job. And then this part that needs some attention, 
then I'm going to take sensible steps toward that. And I'm not going to be blinded by that. And I'm not going to become that. I'm not going to identify with that. As this is who I am. If this is not who I am, this is a circumstance. This is a situation. This is a part of being in the physical. And this notion that it's going to be 100% wellness all the time <laughs> is loco. Like, where did you get that? That it's 100% wellness. Where'd you get that? Do you know one single human being that's not had a trip around the mulberry bush of illness? That has not had a diagnosis or 10? So we wake up to the reality of this. Like this illness is not who I am. It's a situation, a circumstance. And that it is not my identity. It is not my nature. That I am more than the illness. The illness will have its life. It's come to pass. That what I am cannot be what I am is infinite, eternal. And that's the part I identify with. And through these spiritual practices then embody. So it's no longer just a theory about that. Uptight. Anybody uptight? Get real serious. Then what, how do you respond when you get uptight and serious? Defensive, cut off, go in a hole, go for it, bring it on. <laughs> aggression, us spiritual types are not going to lean toward aggression much because we're so spiritual. We'll gossip instead. <laughs> we're starting from any, you know, a faction building of some sort. Versus, get a sense of, any of you study the course? What's it say about defensiveness? Attack. Attack. And my power lies in my defenselessness. My power lies in defenselessness. And the way we defend then is not just if Jamie started to strike me, a sane person would put their hand up. You know, like do what we could sensibly to block that. Versus defenselessness in the way we make excuses, blame, justify. And it takes a big heavy energy to run defense all the time. Defense is also the first act of war. So they start to strike. I'll do what sensibly I could. It's over. The war is what comes next. So there was somebody with a rope and the allure for me to pick up that other end of the rope. And there can only be war if there's two people on the end of that rope. So if I want the war to be over, who holds the power to put down my end of the rope? Now, they may take their rope and the end of it all the way to the grave. Who does that belong to? I, however, have a choice in the matter. 
only if I'm practiced at this. Because our knee jerk, our instinctual reaction, and you know this from studying your brain sciences, we're just a hair above an animal. And some of us have fine hair. <laughs> when we don't get our way, or we get triggered, or somebody blames, it's on. And then we regress to that animalistic part of the brain, that small little pea-sized part of the brain that only has three, a repertoire of three. Fight, bite, spew, flight, I'm out of here, or freeze. That's it. So if without practices like this, and without purposeful action toward this, we cannot and will not evolve, even though we have a large capacity for this, a neocortex, a creative force, innovative, critical thinking, rationale that seldom ever exercised if we don't come out of this knee-jerk instinctual reactivity when we don't get what we want. Okay, you got a sense of it? So think about that as we move into this day of what you're actually willing to surrender. To say, you know, I've had just enough of that. I'm awake more this morning than I've ever been to the heaviness of that. And this altar that I'm sitting at, this altar that I stand at, this altar here today is where it's all to be laid. So then it's burned through alchemy, through intent, through prayer, and through ritual, through ceremony, that I'm surrendering this, that I'm going to unburden myself. I'm doing this for myself, for my own life. I'm doing this to fulfill my calling here and who I've come here to be and to get back in integrity with myself. I'm also doing this so I will not hand this off to the next generations. That I will not be party to handing down what's been handed down for the last 2,000 years. That I'm going to be the circuit breaker for that. And that I'm going to create a new way of being. And I'm going to contribute to a conscious evolution of a species that holds an unlimited infinite possibility of evolution and that I'm going to consciously create in that place. Now get a sense then of having done that, of being free, less affected by the blaming, less affected by the criticisms, aware embodied practice in this new way of being and get a sense of what it would be like to be these things the other polarity of mind resourceful see if you can get a feeling about it see if you can sense being that being resourceful you've had to be resourceful in your life you wouldn't be here we in New Thought are pioneers. You couldn't have made it here if you didn't have resourcefulness. Get a thing, just activate that today. The reality of your own resourcefulness. And of stepping 
back into that arena of that's what I'm going to live from. That's how I'm going to live. Of self-regulating. Stabilizing my own pulse. Doing my own deep breathing instead of trying to stabilize theirs. To be a, a, a light shedder. I'm going to shed light into the world. I'm going to be a radiance of light. <coughs> to be more resilient. To have more stamina. An uncommon stamina. And to be uncommonly motivated. Even with the inertia of this old way and the inertia of these old animalistic patterns. That I've got the stamina, uncommon stamina and, un and uncommon motivation to break out of that, to transform that, to transcend that, and to live whatever days I have left out as that in a new way of being. To be more sensible. Sensible. What a sensible person do in this situation? What would sensible action look like for me right now. <clears throat> to be purposeful. On purpose. So then whatever is in front of me, I'm going to measure it based on is this moving me in the direction of my own goals? Will this move me? Will this advance me in the direction of my own life's mission? Mine is to serve those who serve. So the things that I do, the things that are on my schedule, are for that mission. And my vision, and I believe, and you heard it from others, probably Edwin, I want you to be co-inspirators with me to get our teaching to the whole of the planet. That is my vision. So then what I do is going in that direction of how to take this teaching, these principles, into the whole of humanity, one way or the other. So can you join me? Yes. So close your eyes a minute and say to yourself, I claim a blessing. I claim a blessing. Thank you for this blessing. Thank you for this blessing. Thank you for the blessing of this teaching. Thank you for awakening. I'm aligned in the teaching. I'm atoned. I am at one with divinity. I'm at one with source. And I go forward, awake, aligned, and aware of this truth. <clears throat> So it is.